You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoy. We are continuing our series, Be a Disciple, Make a Disciple. And this series is core to our identity. Now, we're doing it roughly the same this year. Next year, we're going to break it up. We're going to do... Uh, part of the series in, in the spring and part of the series in the fall, which means we have to revamp the whole series. That's going to be fun. Uh, looking forward to that. But, but this is who we are, making disciples that make disciples that make disciples. This is what we are about. And so we want this series to be very practical. Uh, rubber meets the road. You know, we, we started out talking about how to share our faith, how to share, how to share our lives, really. That's, that's where we like to start as a church. We believe that you should share your lives first, and then you start sharing your story, and then you start sharing how to connect to the church. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But our definition of what it means to be a disciple is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and being on mission with Jesus. We get this definition from uh, Matthew four nineteen, And if you're wondering if there's going to be a test, yes, there will. So remember Matthew four nineteen, because we will quiz you someday, probably in care group, maybe life transforming group, maybe just here. But we give gold stars. No, um, we, we give you, we want you to know where to find this in Matthew so that this, so that we can live this definition out together. But Jesus is talking to Peter and Andrew. They're fishermen. And he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Discipleship always starts with everyone following Jesus. I'm not making disciples of myself. I'm making disciples of Jesus Christ himself. I want you to become like Jesus. I'm endeavoring to become like Jesus. And and that's what we're passing along. That's what we're passing along. So we're following Jesus. And while we do that, while we may be working, you know, a variety of jobs, Jesus is changing us. And I don't know about you, but I need him to change my character. I need him to change the way I, I handled stress and handled relationships. Like there was a whole litany of things that he needed to change within me. Maybe that's not your problem and things are just super simple for you and relationships are easy. Do I have any of those people in the crowd where all that's super simple and easy? Oh, good. I'm not by myself. Yeah, I need Jesus to change me. Um, and then he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And, and I want to I bring us back to this because we say that we're on mission with Jesus, but we have to remember what being on mission with Jesus means. It doesn't simply mean that we, we attend Sunday services 
once a week. Or that we go to a Bible study or there's a, there's a list of things that we got we to gotta check off. That's not what we mean by a mission. With we are helping people connect to who Jesus Christ is. That's all of our calling. Not just the people that get paid to stand up on stage. It's all of our calling to be fishers of men. Well, and we've used this next graph to kind of communicate our model for discipleship. And, and, and I'll tell you this, I believe there's a lot of different ways that you can make disciples. For 2,000 years, they've been doing it, right? But we use this just so that we have a way of communicating what we're talking about so that we could, you know, remind ourselves what the process looks like. It's just a way of having a conversation. But we start by sharing our lives Scott, they're looking for you. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> uh, we start by sharing our lives. We, then, we, then we share some truth. And from there, we share habits. And those habits are connecting to God and connecting to a small group. And we, and we teach people how to do that. Um, and then as we continue along, we're, we're connecting people to purpose now, I'll say this, that this wheel, that this discipleship wheel is not necessarily linear. It's not necessarily that you have to do step one and then step two and then step three. It's not like a line dance. Anybody here really good at line dancing? Oh, good. <laughs> Me either. I suck at it. I don't know which foot's supposed to go where when. That's my problem. And apparently that's important in dancing. Um, this isn't a line dance where if you, don't, if you don't get all the steps in the right order, you know, things just fail. But these are the kinds of things that we need to share with people. We, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to know how to connect with him. Right? If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, there's probably some new truths and new habits that you need to learn. And so we use this graph just to communicate that. And, and today we're talking about what it means to connect to purpose. How do I connect to purpose? And how do I connect other people to purpose? Logan, your light trick failed. Somewhere along the line. Well, I want to introduce you to Lucas. This is Lucas. Uh, this was his... Uh, um, engagement photo. He uh, was married just a couple weeks ago. I've known Lucas, I think, five years. And uh, I remember it was around Christmas time that I met Lucas because uh, one of the Lucas films, one of the Star Wars films came out, I think it was Rogue One. And I remembered his name because of George Lucas. He didn't know that. But every time I saw him, thinking Rogue One, Rogue One, which was fitting because Lucas always came by himself. What I didn't know at the time was that Lucas was uh, just starting recovery. And so he was, he was learning how to live a life, um, live differently. He was, he was trying to figure out how to uh, leave his addiction behind, and he was trying to figure out how to connect with God 
but he would come to church faithfully. Always had a big old smile on his face, cordial, always alone. I'll say this about um, people that are leaving a life of addiction. Being alone is a, is a dangerous thing. And, and if you are familiar with addiction, you know what I'm talking about. You see, when I was living out an addictive lifestyle, not that I was personally addicted, but I was definitely trying. Um, when I was living that lifestyle, I had a whole group of people that were helping me live this crazy life. I had to leave that community behind. And I think that's why Lucas was always coming in to church by himself because he had left that community behind and hadn't found a new community yet. Well, I said that uh, this, this wheel is not linear because I didn't start Lucas with sharing my life with him. I didn't start with sharing new truth. I didn't even share new habits with him. The very first thing I did with Lucas was I connected him to purpose. I might've been accidentally brilliant. It's okay, it happens. Um, we'll talk about this in footnotes. Um, Dr. Townsend has, has a lot to say, Dr. Um, Henry Cloud and John Townsend, uh, they are uh, psychologists, Christian psychologists. They, they talk an awful lot about how the brain works, the brain chemistry and all that kind of stuff. But dopamine is, is this interesting chemical that works in the brain that, that's connected both to addiction and learning new things and connecting to community and, and serving other people. Like you can get dopamine, a dopamine rush by doing either this lifestyle over here, or you could get it by connecting into new things and learning, learning new things and, and building community and serving people. So we'll talk more about that and footnotes. Like I said, it may have been accidentally brilliant on my part. I think God knew what Lucas needed. I, I wasn't that, I wasn't thinking that far along. Does that make sense? But as a disciple maker, and I had responsibility for hundreds of people. As the discipleship pastor, uh, we had 30 small groups and we had eight to 12 people in every group. So I had roughly 300 people that I was responsible for. And I'm seeing Lucas and he's kind of like the sheep that's out there kind of wandering off by himself. He's out on the edges, he's, he's, he's near the pack, but he's not in the middle of the pack. And, I'm, and I was asking God, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do I help Lucas? in his faith journey. And with, with being responsible for hundreds of people, I couldn't do everything, right? I can't, like, I'm not better than Jesus. Jesus discipled 12. I'm not better than him. And so I relied on a lot of other leaders to do what we did, to disciple that many people. All right? So 
I want to explore a little bit why scripturally that was the right move with, with Lucas. Why did that work out? And Paul, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4, he talks about what is spiritual maturity? What does it look like? And he talks about how do we get there? Really fascinating. Paul's going to talk about both of these topics in one chapter, and we're going to take a quick look here. Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, he says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace. Paul says there is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. He goes on to say, but to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now, now what's, what's Paul talking about here? This is Language seems a little veiled. He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit enables us to do service, to serve God in, in unique ways sometimes. Sometimes the gifts of God are for a short period. They help us through a, a, a season. Uh, you know, the gift of generosity. I've had small, really small, really small seasons of the gift, of, like where God has given me so much money, I could just be really generous. That's rare in my life. <laughs> There's other gifts that we have that last a lifetime. It's God's gifting. He enables you to serve the community, to serve the church, to serve the people that they're, they're just walking by in unique ways. So that's what he's talking there in verses seven and eight. And then verse nine, he kind of goes off on a, on a little bit of a tangent. I do that sometimes. You probably noticed it already, but he says this, now this expression, he ascended. Christ ascended. What does he mean by that? What does it mean that except that he has descended into the lower part of the earth. He who descended is himself also who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. I, I, I think he's just like, he's having this conversation with us about spiritual maturity. And then he gets distracted by just how amazing Jesus is. Not only did he ascend into heaven, but he descended into the lower parts. He went where neither, none of us will ever have to go because of him, if he's our Lord and their savior, he descended and he ascended. And he's like, I just got to say this really quick. All right, back to the main show. Verse 11, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Now raise your hand if you are a pastor. Oh, Logan's not paying attention. There's, there's two of us. Um, one hand, there's two of us. There should be more hands up in the air. 
Dave, raise your hand. Good job. This word for pastor, it's different on my screen. Um, this word for pastor is, is shepherd. We, we've made it into this official title, and I don't think that's what Paul intended, at least originally. Every one of our care group leaders is a shepherd and a teacher, by the way. They shepherd people, they teach people. When someone's sick, they let me know. They let Logan know. They take care of people. Oftentimes, if, they, if something, uh, if the care group finds out that there's a problem that a family's facing, the problem is solved before the church ever gets a chance to respond. Because they ha we have shepherds. Scott, I didn't see you. Raise your hand. All right. We got, see, we got lots of pastors in the room now. We got teachers. You know, these, these positions, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. See, I think most of us in this room are going, oh, that's not me, not me, not me, and I'm pressing on. But what if it's supposed to be you? And what if it's just for that one person? Like, you may not be Billy Graham evangelist to thousands and millions, but you may be evangelist to that one person. And that's enough. If you will stand up to that role in that moment. What if you are supposed to shepherd one person? Now, some of us are designed to shepherd 10 people. And some of us are designed to shepherd 100 or thousands. That's fine. But it's no less significant for you to shepherd the one for you to teach one, for you to be an apostle to one. So don't discount yourself from this list is what I'm trying to say here. For, why do we have these roles? For the, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Until, until we all look more and more and more like Christ where people get confused. Man, you do things a lot like Jesus does. That's, that's amazing. That's what it's supposed to look like. As a result, we are no longer to be children if you, if you remember the graph, we start off with spiritual infant and then a child and then a young adult and then a parent. We are supposed to grow spiritually. We're supposed to grow up together as we each do our part together. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. See, that's back to you. 
if you do your part as the Holy Spirit enables you, and again, it could be for one, it could be for 10, it could be for hundreds, it could be for thousands. I mean, who knows? If we'll just do our part, we'll find out. And causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So Apostle Paul says there's, there's some goals in discipleship. We should have some spiritual characteristics. Humble, gentle, patient, tolerant, peaceful. Remember that part where Jesus said he would change us? He'd make us into something? I'm so grateful that he is willing to change me because I'm not, these five words don't typically represent me. You could ask my son. You could ask Logan. He works with me an awful lot. You could ask Jen. She works with me an awful lot. You could ask my wife. Don't do that. (laughs) She loves me too much to tell you the truth. No, she'll probably tell you. Um, Go ahead. Um, So spiritual and then unity of the faith. We We should have a unity to us. There should be we shouldn't be arguing over color of carpet and, and dicing and slicing of certain words within the scriptures. Like there should be a unity of faith. There should be a knowledge of Jesus. We should know Jesus. And, and this word for knowledge is, is not, it's not a head knowledge. Although we should have that, but it's an experiential Knowledge. It's a knowledge that you get by living something out. Oh, man. I don't want you to come to services once a week and just know about Jesus and be able to pass some kind of crazy test about Matthew 4.19. Who would do a test like that anyway? I want you to experience him. I want you to have him answer your prayers. I want you to know him leading you in life. I want you to know him doing miracles. We're asking for a crazy miracle right right now as a church, and I don't know what God's going to do. He'll either redirect us and it'll be obvious, or he's going to show up big time and I'm excited to see what God does because, because I've experienced it before. I've seen God do crazy things before. And I want you to experience that. Knowledge of Jesus. And then we should have a fullness. We should look like Christ. That's the goal. Until we all respond like Christ would respond to every set of circumstances, And I'm not there yet. I don't know about you. But that is a goal of discipleship. And then finally, everyone serving the body. Everyone doing their part to make sure that the body grows. According to our unique gifts and our unique design, 
you're not going to do it the way I do it. And I'm not going to do it the way you do it. And that's good. That's good. Well, I want to introduce you to another guy. This is uh, Kevin. Good looking guy. He's probably looking at me going, what are you doing, Rob? That's usually the kind of look he would give me. Um, can't blame him. But I met Kevin in my care group. And I found out that Kevin just loved connecting people to purpose. He just he was passionate about it. He, he had to do it. He had to live that out. And um, Kevin is, is a guy that uh, helped Lucas go further. So Lucas served one Saturday. I remember I told you that I connected him to purpose. There was, there was this uh, once or twice a year. We started out doing it twice a year and then eventually got down to once a year. And, and uh, when Derek Murphy uh, moved away from Pullman, we kind of lost the vision a little bit. Um, and I think they may be going back. Did they do a Serve Fest this year? So they, we did this event called Serve Fest. There were... Um, there were about five churches in town that would come together. There were usually somewhere around 50 projects that we did across uh, three counties, uh, three cities, three counties. And we typically had about 500 people between all the churches that would serve. And, and, and real life was the one that kind of led the way on this. And we had served for half of a Saturday, once or twice a year. And, and that's how I got Luke, Lucas connected. I, I, I connected him to a project, but that project was being run by a care group. Being a little sneakier, right? Um, and so Lucas gets connected to a care group. Remember, he left community. He left community that was leading him towards addiction. He had to replace that community, but he hadn't replaced it yet. And, and for the first six months, he would come into a room like this, probably three, four times as many people on a Thursday night, and he sat by himself for six months. Dude was dedicated, but alone. Kevin and Lucas end up in in care group, and, and Kevin was leading my uh, hospitality team. He had three leads, and he would walk around, and he would check on the people serving. There were a dozen people per service that were serving, and, and, and Kevin was a ferocious recruiter. Not a salesman, really a, a, a quiet guy, a gentle giant. You know, he's 6'3", six, 6'5", six, and you know, just super humble, kind of a quiet guy. You would not know that he was fantastic at recruiting people and getting them plugged in. He got Lucas plugged in. And so Lucas started serving on Sundays. He wasn't even attending. He was coming Thursday nights and serving on, on Sunday mornings. And so now he's, Lucas is going to care group and he's working with a team of people and he's attending Sunday nights, and he's doing recovery. God is providing all kinds of opportunities for Lucas. 
And it's about this time that Lucas gets baptized. And after he gets baptized, you know, he's learning more things in care group. He starts leading one of the services. And, and remember, I told you, you know, like Paul had those characteristics. Like it, it doesn't, it's not just that we show up and we serve, but we serve in a certain way. We look like Jesus when we serve. And we got we to gotta figure out what that looks like. We got to move beyond the academic where we come, you know, like on a Sunday, Sunday and we, we, we take some information in. We got to get beyond the information part, just information gathering. We got to figure out how to live this out. And, and Kevin helped Lucas do that. And so Lucas was baptized and he started leading one of the services. He let, led a team of people and he's attending care group, building community. In fact, that community was part of his wedding a couple weeks ago. Whole new community of people that just absolutely love him five years later. Like they've always been part of his life. I was able to disciple Lucas through my good friend, Kevin. Kevin was able to reach Lucas in ways I couldn't, didn't have the time, didn't have proximity. It wasn't, you know, I, I was looking to connect Kevin to some smart people. I was able to do that. Uh, there's, uh, there's some more things that, that I love about Kevin. Uh, we'll talk about what he did for uh, family camp. He, we didn't have family camp before Kevin showed up. Kevin, Kevin came to me and says, hey, I want to do family camp. And I'm like, all right, tell me more. Well, I want the church to, you know, put out $1,000. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, what Kevin did was fantastic. We'll talk about this in our Footnotes podcast, but uh, just... He was fantastic at connecting people to purpose so that they could grow and mature in Christ. Implication is this. Serving God helps us to connect deeper within the body of Christ and to do our part to help the body of Christ grow. Serving God helps us to connect deeper with the body of Christ and to do our part to help it grow. Um, just let you know, um, we're handing out communion supplies now. If you are here to proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior, please know that you're welcome to join us. We do have an open table. And so... If, if, uh, like I said, you're here to declare him as Lord and Savior, then please join us in this. Uh, but hold the elements until we take them together uh, in just a few minutes. I want to start by talking to those of you that have never served within the church before. Never, um, because... Because all of us have to make that first time decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to serve. 
And it could be as simple as our Halloween event tonight. I know we got a lot of young people helping out with that. Love that. Uh, it could be as simple as serving on our tech team. But know this, if you serve on our tech team, if you serve, we're going to invest in you. Like, if, if you don't know that Logan's going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you and find out how you're doing spiritually all the time when you're on one of his teams, then you haven't met the guy yet. And I invite you to, to meet him because he's fantastic. He will absolutely invest in you. And so the first action step for all of us is start by serving somewhere within the church. You'll learn new things and start to find your place. Now, oftentimes that first area that we serve, that's, that's, that's not going to be the place that we serve for the rest of our lives. And, and know that if you're going to serve within the church, you could just, at Mission Ridge, you could just take it for a test drive. Just try it out. It's not a lifelong commitment. Um, I'm in one of those. I'm married and I really enjoy that. But serving within church doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be, you know, this isn't a forever thing. This is hey, I want to check this out. I want to see how this works. I want to see if this is a good fit for me. I want to learn some things. So start by serving somewhere within the church. I guarantee you, you'll learn new things and you'll start to find your place. You'll start to find that community that God has for you. Second action step. Wherever you are serving, look to replace, uh, to train your replacement. Wherever you're serving, look to train your replacement. I've been part of churches, and maybe you have too, where, where people, they, 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 they created their domain. They created their little space, and, and, and you know, like, this is my area for serving, and you can't come in here. Uh, don't touch that, that's mine. Um, and this is just a wrong approach. We should be inviting people in. We should eventually work ourselves out of a job because as we grow and mature, God's going to lead us to new things. We shouldn't be building domains within the four walls of the church. We're not here for our glory. We're here for his glory. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. I don't want a plaque on the wall. I want Jesus' name on the wall. I want him to be glorified. And I want you to replace me. I don't plan on being here forever. I'm old. Just ask Logan. He wants me here for a little bit longer. That's okay. That's good. But we should be working ourselves out of a job. Wherever we are serving Christ, so that other people get a chance to grow, to mature, to try things out. That's what we're called to. Because as we let other people serve, the entire body grows up. I learn things through you as much as you learn things from me. Apostle Paul says that the head of the church, of the body, is Christ. And through communion each week, we stop to remember that, to reflect on that. This 
This church doesn't belong to Rob or Logan or to the elders. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure that we're always in step with him, that he always gets the lead, that he's always out in front, and that we remember whom we're worshiping. And so that reminds me to be humble, right? One of the very first words in that list. I pray through that list, by the way, on a regular because I want to be humble. I want us to grow in humility. I want us to be tolerant of each other. I want us to be gentle spirited. I want us to be unified as a people because of who Jesus Christ is. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. If you are in the Missoula area, we would love to have you come say hello. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good evening. We're in the dark. I'm in the dark. There's something spooky going on with our uh, stage lights, and it is Halloween, so it seems appropriate, and we'll just work our way through this, but you may see me for a while, then you may not. Casper might be doing this. I don't know.